there, friend. So glad you could join us. Here we like to highlight the best of humanity while offering a dose of positivity to hopefully brighten your day. But more importantly, we want you to know whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling, you're not alone. We're here to stand with you. I'm Chuck Rendon. And I'm Amy Malwalker. And this is A World of Hopes. All right, Amy. Well, I uh, have to say that I feel I have a pretty inspirational story for us this week. So I'm excited to get there. But before we do, what's going on in your neck of the woods? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Today was ultimately, it was a day of FOMO, like hardcore, <laughs> almost, I, uh, yeah, almost I can painful, painful FOMO. It was like first thing this morning, I got a text from a friend. Hey, Amy, uh, are you waiting in the queue for your magic key? Cue sad face <laughs> and tears. Oh, man. Yes. No, no, I'm not. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel you. There was a number of uh, friends today who, you know, posted their queue status and yeah, a couple yeah. pictures from the park as well. And yeah. So those who don't know, Disneyland uh, reimagined their annual pass program to an, a new system called the Magic Key. It, I don't know. It's basically sort of the same thing, just uh, a it little kind of is, yeah, a little, a little more money for a, a little less flair and options. <laughs> I've, dude, I've tried to justify. I was so tempted. <laughs> To, I know, to purchase one. I know, and I'll know. be honest, now that I'm out of state, you know, I can't have access to the monthly payment plan. Had I had access to that, I don't know, man. FOMO yeah. might have taken over. <laughs> I might yeah, have done something. Yeah. Even though I know full well, I, I'm not going to be able to go for quite some time still. So, But the idea of just uh, being connected to the park again, <sighs> I, know, I think. is. I know. Yeah. It was very difficult for me to not be getting one today but just after the last few years i'm trying to be more responsible since it's uh it's an extravagance and as much as i say it's a necessity (laughs) it's it's not and i'm trying to be responsible that's what i keep telling myself i'm trying to be responsible (laughs) (laughs) and yeah because i i i just i don't i don't have the money for for that splurge right now so it's gotta wait a little while i don't know it was kind of fun one of my friends got one and actually was able to get a reservation for today and went out this evening after work and so getting to watch their instagram stories of the experience was I don't know. It was just a good, uh, a good reminder that, like, okay, well, there's, there's, there's at least people out there having some fun <laughs> and getting to enjoy it, and that makes me happy to see, you know, quote unquote, something normal, something pre-pandemic happening um, again, finally. Yeah, I mean, the the idea of being able to just stroll down to the park after work or something like that in the evening, just the fact that there are people that are able to do that now—that's so great because. <laughs> For a while there, I wasn't sure that was going to ever happen again. <laughs> like if it yeah. was going to be a thing. Yeah. So. And I mean, I still feel like everything is such a giant question mark. Yeah, true. That was another 
part of my hesitation (laughs) of jumping back in right away. But I'm excited for the people who get to go. I uh, had one friend who uh, had a birthday recently and uh, they asked for Venmo donations to their magic key fund, smart, which I smart. thought was I like really, it. really brilliant. And so it yeah, was super fun great. to get to see them, you know, successful in making their purchase today and hearing, you know, some friends woke up bright and early and got into the queue super early and had a pretty minimal, I mean, it was about an hour wait time. And then other friends uh, waited like five to six hours, which is pretty extreme in my opinion. But hoping as the the days progress that uh, it won't be quite so crazy. I know that all of the diehards were were anxious to get theirs today. Right. But anyways, that that magic key hopefully will be mine someday. Likewise, and that's why I honestly mixed in with the FOMO, I'm, I'm mostly excited because I know that, yes, uh, while I'm not able to get one right this minute, it's there when I need it. It's going to be there when the time is right. right. And just the fact that, you know, that's an option again to be able to go somewhat regularly and have a pass or a key, you know, <laughs> a virtual key, that in itself is great. So that, that's, some, that's definitely good news for me. And the, and the fact that the pricing was pretty similar to what they had before, yeah, I mean, that, I, was, I was kind of surprised for by. sure. I was expecting, I was expecting a lot worse. And, and I, I, I guess in my head, I really was expecting a lot worse. And then the more that I like kind of break down the costs of different things and whatnot, it's an expected increase as far as what I was paying for my past before to the equivalent would be the dream key, even though. I feel like the reservation system changes things a little bit. <laughs> you know, you don't technically have any blackout days because technically you can attempt a reservation for any of those days. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I feel like time will reveal how the reservation system actually pans out and if people eventually start to really have a hard time getting reservations with that top key. I don't know. We'll see if it, it ends up being worth the, worth the money. It's pretty obvious that people are willing to spend money to go to the parks. I mean, you, you even, I think, have mentioned uh, the number of like bloggers and things who have gone since the parks reopened. Like, that's a lot of money to throw down <laughs> for repeated trips. Yeah, there were people that were going like at least once a week. Yeah. And yeah, that was full, you know, over $100 a pop. So yeah, people clearly are willing to go <laughs> and they're willing to pay. And uh, from what I've seen today, it, it seems like there was a ton of people buying that drink key. So mm-hmm. the popularity of the park clearly has not waned and people are excited to, to get back to it. I am one of those when the time is right. <laughs> when the time is right. Enjoy <laughs> some uh, some nice tater tots in the, the oh. river bell. And, yeah. <laughs> tater tots at the river bell. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> right? Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. That, that was how I, my oh. last meal in Disneyland. Yeah. That, uh, some good old tater tots. <sighs> tater tots and dull whips. <laughs> right. Those were the days. <laughs> Those were the days. 
All right. Well, let's say we move on, uh, bring some hope into the conversation. Uh, because <laughs> yes, I, you please. know, like I said, I feel like this is a pretty inspirational story. Honestly, as I read it, it brought a little tear to my eye. We're fresh off the Olympics. It happened uh, a couple weeks ago now. And uh, this story involved Polish javelin thrower Maria Andrzejczyk, uh, who ended up taking home the silver. And I got to imagine that putting yourself in the shoes of an Olympian, like taking home a medal has got to be like the ultimate just high, right? Especially because it's so much bigger than you are. I mean, you're competing for your country and... Yeah, so it's got to be something special. But what caught my attention is, so Maria Andrzejczyk, uh, when she got home, she saw through social media, by the way, that there was this family whose eight-month-old boy was in critical need of heart surgery. Being a cancer survivor herself, Maria decided to auction her silver medal from the Olympics to pay for this boy's surgery. That in itself is just amazing to me, especially because this was a family that she had no ties with uh, up until seeing the story on social media. Like she had never heard of this family to just pony up her medal without really much thought about it to me speaks volumes of who she is and how big of a heart she has, you know, because that's impressive. Mm, I mean, that's that's a big thing. But, you know, the story doesn't stop there. You know, as luck would have it, the person who actually won her medal obviously knew why it was being auctioned and just uh, told Maria that she could keep the medal. Didn't want it. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so uh, not only does this story just have, like, one amazing person, but then you also have this buyer who's just completely selfless as well. Like, not only... Did they decide not to keep the medal? But hey, I'm still going to pony up the cash to pay for the surgery because uh, this boy, you know, clearly needs it. And let's just pitch in and help. Such a touching story, but um, you know, when you think of an Olympic champion, you know, you you think of someone who is a hard worker, is um, dedicated to their craft they fight for what they want and i just think gosh the the person who was not only willing to bid on the medal to help this kid with their surgery which is like an incredible incredible gift in and of itself but then to to not accept the medal like that's just uh, she's she's another incredible champion like <laughs> like that's absolutely inspiring i just yeah i love this is a really great story thank you for sharing it with us ah i wish i wish i had seen <laughs> i i almost wish i had seen like the auction i i don't know it would have been not that i had you know that much money to contribute but like it i don't know it just makes me wanna if there was like a gofundme i would totally have donated something to help just because that person's selflessness was incredible, like absolutely incredible. I would have, I would have wanted to do a little something to help contribute to it too. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that again, just by being benevolent, you know, you, you just don't know who you're going to inspire. 
Maria certainly didn't have to auction her silver medal. I mean, nobody would have expected her to do so, uh, especially for a family that, you know, she didn't have a Has no relationship with. Yeah. 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 And by doing that, like clearly she touched other members of the community and yeah, it, it brought out the uh, selflessness within them as well. And I, I think that is the ultimate, uh, you know, takeaway from this story is, and we've mentioned it a few times, it's, it's just when you're generous, either with your time, your money, or what have you, your attention, whatever it is, like it, that can catch on like wildfire, you know, and it's it's very contagious and uh, here we, we see it in action. So, yeah, yeah it's a great story. It's a powerful thing. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely uh, inspired me. And uh, yeah, just uh, you just never know, man, who, who you're going to touch by uh, your generosity. So it's good stuff. All right. Well, before we get out of here, uh, as we like to do, Amy and I are each going to offer up a re- recommendation, something that we've been enjoying that we think you'll enjoy as well. Uh, so, Amy, I'm excited to hear what you have for us this week. Yeah, so I'm going to recommend uh, a little something that I think is definitely binge-worthy uh, on Netflix. Uh, it's a new uh, a new show that just released not too long ago. It's called The Chair. It stars uh, Sandra Oh who most people will recognize from the TV drama Grey's Anatomy. It's, I I don't know, I don't know what I was expecting, but basically she plays uh, Dr. Ji-Yoon Kim, and she has recently been appointed in a new role as the chair of the English department at a prestigious university. And the show sort of follows just all of these different challenges that are kind of thrown her way as she is the first woman chair of the department and is also one of very few staff members of color at the university. So it's just a very, um, a very timely, (laughs) uh, timely topic that is touched on during this show. And I would classify it as, uh, I don't know if I would classify it as a drama. It, it, it's both got, a, maybe it's a dramedy. It's got comedy and it's got drama. Dramedy, nice. It's got a pretty rad cast. Sandra, oh, I, I, I always loved Christina Yang on Grey's Anatomy. That was one of my favorite characters. I was so sad when she left. But um, she is so fun in this show. And I think um, a lot of my favorite scenes with her are also with Holland Taylor, who plays uh, another uh, person on the English department staff there. Their banter is really funny. There's all of these moments (laughs) that I wasn't expecting. The show is rated uh, TVMA rating uh, because there's quite a bit of language and there's some i would classify uh, just a, adult content there's i don't even know how to describe so so the reason that that i really wanted to watch the show uh, 
previously, one of my recommendations was uh, a Jennifer Garner movie called Yes Day. Oh, and it was right, because right. my friend's daughter was in the show. Well, my friend's daughter is also in this show. Oh, very cool. Okay. And plays Sandra O's daughter. And Miss Everly Carganilla blew my socks off with her acting abilities in this show. Yeah, that's awesome. There were so many weird little moments that I was not expecting at all. And I was I was blown away. <laughs> she, how do I describe her? She plays a very dark and twisty and disturbed little girl. <laughs> okay. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I like it. <laughs> I, uh, she is, is definitely a very unique character. She plays, uh, her name is Juju. She definitely, I mean, I mean, she, in the cast of characters that she's with, she is amazing and definitely can hold her own. She's adopted by Sandra O's character I feel like this season they just barely kind of scratch the surface of of what's what's really going on, but they definitely have a complicated relationship, and so their mother daughter dynamic is very interesting. <laughs> is very very interesting. I think one of the things that made this show so enjoyable for me was its relatability. Not even coming from that kind of academic background, you know, I, I went to college, I didn't go to a fancy Ivy League school or anything, but it definitely, um, from my observations, seems like a pretty accurate portrayal, if not even better than reality, <laughs> uh, as far as what the world of academia is like and the systems that were created that put very specific elements specifically white, rich men in positions of power and just what happens when you try to fight that status quo. It also touches the subject of free speech on a college campus, but the characters were really fun and and funny uh, in their unique ways uh, for me. So anyways, I, I think I blazed through the entire season. It was six episodes and uh, I, I plowed through it in one night. There you go. Well, that's definitely a sign of a binge-worthy show, for sure. Worth checking out. And uh, yeah, it's called The Chair on Netflix. Nice. I look forward to uh, watching it. I could use a good dramedy right about now. So. A dramedy. Is that a word? I don't know. That is now. It is now. It is now. <laughs> All right. What do you have for us? All right. Well, I have a podcast uh, and this actually is a timely podcast because, you know, Netflix just announced that next month they are going to begin airing a very classic Saturday morning uh, teen television series uh, that we probably both grew up on. Uh, but the podcast I am recommending, it's called Zach to the Future. <laughs> it's a brilliant premise. So it's uh, hosted by Mark Paul Gossler, who, of course, played Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell. Basically, the premise is, so Mark Paul has not watched an episode of Saved by the Bell since he quit the sh or left the show. Oh, really? Uh, so over 25 years. So now he's watching each episode for the first time in years, and uh, you're getting his initial take on <laughs> what oh, uh, that's like. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, as well as some fun insights to the show and... Uh, 
just uh, how well some of the themes relate to today and just a whole host of things. And if you're a fan of Saved by the Bell, it's definitely a great listen. And I feel like it's going to be an even better listen once Netflix begins airing the original Saved by the Bell series, uh, because mm-hmm. it's going to be a great companion. So you can watch the show on Netflix and then listen to the podcast with Mark Paul Gosler and uh, get some fun and uh, unique uh, commentary on the show. Nice. So uh, yeah, Zach to the Future, you can find it anywhere uh, you listen to podcasts. And uh, I believe middle September is when Netflix is launching Saved by the Bells. So I'm sure that's going to be a binge session or two for me uh, when that releases. So Zach to the Future, check it out. All right. Well, I guess that about does it for this episode. If you enjoyed your time with us, the best way to ensure you never miss a conversation is to subscribe and follow the podcast. You can find out how to do that at worldofhopes.com. And we would love to connect with you during the week and in between episodes on Instagram. You can find us at AWOHopes and join us in spreading some hope and smiles there. We can't wait to connect with you. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye. (laughs) You could hear that? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't understand how you're able to hear. Well, I have ears. No, I know. But how <laughs> how are you hearing what I'm playing? I don't know. The same hear. way that you were able to hear my like Chinese thingamabobber yeah, when I plugged in my phone. I, I don't understand yeah. what's happening. Anyways, you can edit all that out because that was dumb. Uh, <laughs> or, or will and, I? Uh, Or you'll just put it at the end and embarrass me. No, it's awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, it's it's been awkward for a minute. (laughs) 